Well, hello, I am Matt Williamson at Williamson NFL. This episode is brought to you by Live Casino, last one of the week before Steelers Raiders. Folks, football season is here, and Live Casino is where FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sports betting app, comes to life. Step up and place your bets at our self-service kiosk or with a sportsbook representative. Then cheer on your team and catch every heart-pounding moment of action on our huge 40-foot video wall. Bet, watch, and win at Live Casino Pittsburgh, Route 30 at the Westmoreland Mall. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Um, first half of it, we're just going to do a bunch of my general notes and nuggets. And then the second half, I have uh, about 10 key matchups I want to talk about. So it's a matchup between two six and eight football teams with uh, three more games to play, obviously. Steelers are two and four at home, while Vegas is two and six on the road. The Raiders have won four of their last five, and their only loss was by one point uh, against the, the, the Baker Mayfield-led Rams, if you remember, on a Thursday night, short week. Um, Steelers are just, is just two and seven within the AFC. Raiders are five and five in, in the AFC. So if by chance either one of these teams happens to get into playoff contention, those tiebreakers are brutal for the Steelers. So um, despite being six and eight, though, the Steelers and Raiders have two of the top five records in the AFC since week 10. So they're playing the best football, both these teams. Uh, for the for the season, Steelers or the Raiders offense produces 5.8 yards per play. And over the last three games, they're at 5-6. The Steelers' offense produces just 4.9 yards per play for the season. But their most recent three games are up to 5-4. As you probably have figured out, it's getting a lot better. Steelers' defense gives up 5.6 yards per play compared to 5.7 by the Raiders' defense. But during the last three games, Vegas is at 5-0 compared to 5-2 for the Steelers. The, uh, the Steelers' point differential over the past six games is plus 19, with their only losses during that stretch coming against Cincinnati and Baltimore. Over the Raiders' past five game, their point past five games, their point differential is up to plus 24, with only one loss during that time. Um, since their Week Nine bye, Steelers averaged 21.8 points scored per game. Before the bye, Steelers scored 15 points per game. So it's been two different seasons, really, for the Steelers, as you know. So some turnover stuff here. Vegas's minus three turnover differential is better than just six teams. The, the Steelers have turned the ball over as many times they've given it away, but only Philadelphia has more interceptions than the Steelers' defense. That's not brought up enough. The Saints are the only defense with fewer turnovers than Vegas, who has taken the ball just taken the ball away just eleven times this year, but Pittsburgh's thirteen interceptions thrown is only less than Houston, the Cowboys, Colts, and Rams. Uh, the Raiders have thrown eleven interceptions, but overall only the Eagles and Giants have turned the ball. Uh, where was I? I missed that there. The, the, the Raiders have thrown eleven interceptions. But overall, only the Eagles and Giants have turned the ball over less often than Las Vegas. Uh, Kenny Pickett has gone five straight games without throwing an interception, something we haven't brought up in a while because he hasn't been out there. Uh, the Raiders have fumbled the football 14 times this year, but have only lost three of them, which is amazing. The Steelers' opponents have fumbled the ball 13 times, but the Steelers have only recovered the ball in three of those instances. So these things are bound to correct themselves, which is, that's the fewest defensive fumble recoveries in the NFL. It's something I feel like I'm the only one talking about in this town for some reason. It's just strange. So after holding the ball for 36-11, 
in Carolina last week. The Steelers now averaged 31, just a, a second over 31 minutes of time of possession for the year. Their last three games, they're just over 32, though. You got to remember, they were the worst in the league in time of possession for the first month, six weeks by far. Um, the Raiders held the ball for 33-16 last week, and Vegas is just over 30 right now. They're at 30-07 for the season and sit at 30-57 for their last three. But both these teams want to possess the ball with their, you know, their running games. Um, the Raiders were outrushed by 109 yards last week. Pittsburgh outrushed their f- week 14 opponents by 135 yards. Steelers average 4.1 yards per carry, which is the exact same number that the Steeler defense allows. The Steelers have 14 rushing touchdowns this year. Pittsburgh's opponents have just seven. However, the Steelers have just nine passing touchdowns this year compared to, by, compared to 25 by their opponents. This is crazy. The, the Raiders' average length of touchdown is 21.7 yards, second highest in the league. So they're very explosive, but they're bad in the red zone. You know, it's kind of a weird contradiction. Um, Pittsburgh's average length of touchdown is 5.7 yards, totally opposite. No explosion, but they're scoring from close. That's the lowest in the league. Average touchdown, 21.7 versus 5.7. That's bonkers. Um, Las Vegas opponents have been penalized 76 times compared to the 99 committed that the Raiders have taken this year. So on average, Vegas is minus 14.5 penalty yards per game. They're they're getting they're giving away basically 14 and a half penalty yards per game to their opponents. Steelers have been penalized 81 times, and Pittsburgh's opponents have been penalized 81 times. They're even Steven. The Steelers and their collective opponents have averaged an even 43 yards of penalties per game. So Steelers are basically dead even in penalties. Give you an idea, yards per route run. I always talk about how if you can get two yards per route run, you're really playing at an extremely high level. Devontae Adams is at 2.52. And it puts some contrast there. Deontay's at 1.41. Pickens is at 1.32. Compared to 2.52 by Adams, he's a monster. Uh, in every game this year that Pittsburgh has won, they've scored first. In every game they've lost, the opponents have put points on the scoreboard first. I keep harping on that because I find it pretty crazy. So Steelers offense averages 4.1 points in the first quarter of play, 7.1 in the second, 2.1 in the third, 4.5 in the fourth. The Raiders defense averages 4.1 points allowed in the first, 7.7 allowed in the second, 5-4 four, in the third, and 6-4 in the fourth. The Raiders offense averages 3.8 yards, or I'm sorry, the, the, their average 3.8 points in the first quarter play, 9.1 in the second, 3.8 in the third, 6.6 in the fourth. The Steelers defense averages 4.9 yards allowed in the first quarter play, 7.4 in the second, 4.2 in the in the third, 5.6 in the fourth. That was a little bit much. Sorry, I kind of just crushed you with numbers there at the end. So quick break, and then I got a bunch of matchups I want to talk about here and dig in here momentarily.
All right, I am back. Uh, I should have said this to open the show, but happy holidays to all. Uh, thank you for all your support and kind words since I joined DK. It's gone really well. A lot of great uh, comments on my article this week as well, focusing on Terrell Edmonds. So here we go. Enjoy your weekends. Um, stuff to consider when the Steelers have the ball. I'm really curious to see how Kenny Pickett handles the weather. I mean, everyone laughs, small hands, you know, two gloves. We've never really seen him deal with real weather. Like we're going to get, I mean, hard weather, five degrees down by the rivers. I mean, the the logic of, oh, he played to Pitt. Pitt hasn't played for six weeks. I mean, they don't play in weather like he's going to see Christmas Eve. So I'm not saying he can't. I just want to see it. You know, I mean, that's unproven to me. Um. I told you yesterday, the Raiders are very bad defending running backs, and it's because their linebackers are old-school thumper types as receivers. Um, I want to see the Steelers collect game plan to get the ball to Harris, especially, but him and Warren in the passing game noticeably more than they have. Will that happen or not? Kind of have my doubts, but I think that's a big key. Um, the Raiders are much better against the run than the pass. Will the Steelers have success, especially running up the middle? Um, the edges, I'm a little worried about tackles for losses, especially against Crosby. The middle is just the same reason you want to throw against these guys. Their linebackers and D tackles are old school run defending thumpers. But I would think the Steelers should be able to run the ball with some consistency in this game. Um, speaking of Max Crosby, he is a problem. Uh, he will line up on both sides, but the majority of the time, it'll be Crosby versus Chooks. And you're just going to have to help him. I mean, I'm not saying Chooks is a bad player, but every right tackle that Crosby faces, you have to help him. And uh, can Moore handle Chandler Jones on his own? Uh, that's a worry as well, but Chandler Jones has not been super impressive, but that's also not a wonderful matchup for Moore with Jones's length. Um, and experience and better on the block. Obviously, a ton of sacks in this league. But Crosby's a nightmare. I mean, he is a real problem, and you almost have to look at him like T.J. Watt, to be very honest with you. Um, last one here is I really think Fryermuth needs to get a bump unless he's more injured than I think. Talk about this all the time. But Fryermuth, Pickens, Johnson, they're just going to be flat out better than the people covering them. So they have mismatches in their favor in the passing game with their three main weapons. Can they exploit that? I would hope so. I mean, just in terms of looking at it on paper, that really favors the Steelers. Um, other side of the ball, speaking of mismatches, I mean, go scroll through all the games. Anytime the Steelers face a top-notch receiver, I'm not going to say a wide receiver one or, you know, a Pro Bowl-type guy, a top 25 receiver, been kind of describing it this week as like Amari Cooper or better. And there's a lot of those in the league and pretty every team you face has one. Well, Adams is a total stud. I mean, he's maybe number one. He's definitely in the top five. Um, my point is all those receivers I mentioned have killed the Steelers. I mean, number one receivers have destroyed the Steelers this year, which is a case for a corner being a high priority. I worry that that's going to be the case times 10 in this one. And, you know, now, they have uh, Waller and Renfro back, and I assume they will greatly, you know, be used and you know, be back in the mix. And, and last week they were eased into things, especially Waller. But uh, this team has weapons when right. You know, Mac Hollins, Waller, 
Renfro, Adams, and Jacobs. I mean, it's been all Adams and all Jacobs while those guys are out. Now I bet Josh McDaniels is like, oh, I can spread the ball around a little bit. If teams are going to do everything possible to take away Jacobs and Adams, these other guys will have good matchups against Spillane and Millett and the linebackers and whoever. I mean, so that's a worry for me. Their firepower now is not a great time to play them. And just stopping the run in general. I mean, just like the last three weeks, because this team is a very good running team with one of the best backs in the league. So I, I don't remember if I told you this yesterday. I think I dug it up since then. But Derek Carr, <laughs> this is kind of remarkable. He, he has, he's like the most successful quarterback of all Steeler opponents in the history. So he, he, here's, where do I have this here? Uh, okay. Among all quarterbacks with 100-plus pass attempts since the, the 1970 merger, since 1970, all the quarterbacks who have thrown 100 passes against the Steelers. Carr is the best yards per game. Touchdown, he's the best touchdown to interception ratio, as well as the best passer rating. Tom Brady's second. <laughs> I mean, so he's better. We've, done, we've seen all the damage Brady's done to this team. Carr's done more, I mean, on a per-throw basis. But on the road in primetime, Carr is just one in seven as a starter, and he's thrown seven interceptions against seven touchdowns against eight interceptions in these games. So he's bad on the road primetime, and there's a pretty good sample, but he destroys the Steelers. So something has to give. I think that's kind of interesting, kind of a weird anomaly. Um, I absolutely think the Steelers' D line will feast in this game. Um, their interior is not great. Collectively, the line for the Raiders has played better than their name value would imply. But their best players left tackle Colton Miller. He's going to have to deal with Highsmith one-on-one, which I think is a flat-out fair fight, even fight. Watt, who I think is back to being a dominant player at home, loud. You know, I think he could really wreak havoc against their right tackle. And I think the interior does really well against some banged up guards too. So that's huge. Uh, last nugget. And again, that's just kind of the newest thing that's sticking in my craw a little bit is we didn't get any big plays from the linebackers. I mean, the inside linebackers, Spillane, Bush, Jack. I mean, zero big plays all year for those guys. I mean, one sack between the three of them. How about a fumble recovery? I mean, get your ball, hands on the ball. What a tackle for loss. You know, any big plays by those guys in this game? Let me see. Um, So that's a wrap. Happy holidays to all. Over and out. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.